took that raving lunatic seriously. What do you think this is? <laughs> Welcome, everybody. We're back with another episode of Drop the Mic. I am Darren Jenkins, and I'm, I was looking forward to this conversation with this young man because I was on his podcast, and, uh, and uh, he is now, I've made him come to mine now. Hennis um, Pulico. Oh, you can do it. You come over to someone's house for dinner. You got you to gotta get the invite back, unless yeah. I was a horrible guest. Well, there you go. I mean, you know, I... We had a good conversation, and I thought it would. It, we should have. We should have more conversation. So, um, thanks for being on the show today. This was. Uh, I'm. I'm glad you got to come. Yeah, my pleasure. This is. A, I don't. I don't. I, I'm mostly the host and not the guest, and I like being the guest. There's no pressure. I didn't do any research or anything. <laughs> yeah, no, like that. So it's a. I'm glad you started off there because. So I. I. So your the name of your podcast is I've got a theory. Yes. And um, I was on the podcast, but I listened to a few of your other podcasts. And it's uh, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going, I'm kind of going from the middle, starting backwards. So I'm going to ask you, like, so where did this idea for your podcast come from? Because y- you could go down a lot of rabbit holes on this, sh- on that show. For sure. And that's what I would like to do. Um, and I want more people that are willing to talk about whatever rabbit hole they have. Right. And the, and the more crazy, the more fun it is. Uh, you, it came up probably a couple of years ago, year and a half ago, where I was hanging out with a friend of mine. We were just chatting about different things and uh, talking about theories we had for different things. And I was like, I probably have a theory on everything, you know, like on any almost every topic. I have some idea of why it is or why it isn't. Mm. She's like, oh, that's interesting. She tested me out. She's like, what about this? What about that? And I did. She's like, you're right. You do have theories on it. And it's mostly because <laughs> I try to think of everything. Like, right. why would someone do this? Right. I was just questioning uh, a couple of people that were in my car earlier. They're like, oh, that's that was my old fraternity over there. And he's kind of pointing as we were driving by. I was like, you know why colleges tolerate fraternities and sororities? And um, a lot of people don't know. I don't know. Why. It's, it's usually the answer that it is for everything. It's because of money. Right. Mm. They tolerate them because people that are in fraternities and sororities report having a better college experience. And so when they call for alumni donations, they're going to say, I loved my experience at state. Go state. Here's a bunch of money. Right. And it's because they had a good experience being in their fraternity or sorority or Greek life or whatever it was. So Mm. anyways, you know, it comes from inquisitiveness, one. And then two, the the need to explain. The need to explain. So it's funny because I was so. Just looking at, I, I listened to the gentleman um, who I guess he, um, I think his name is David Weiss from Flat Earth Podcast. That was a juicy one, huh? That was an interesting one. You know, what I'm curious is, you know, if you go into, like, so when you go into a podcast like this, do you already have your own theories? That you have your own thoughts and theories about certain things when you come out of these podcasts, have you found any of your, your preconceived ideas challenged to a point where you're like, hmm, maybe, maybe I need to re-examine it. Um, what I was thinking about this subject. Well, maybe not on the shape of the planet, but there are many times that I do say, 
that's interesting. I never thought of that, right? right? And that's what I want out of me and I and I want out of my guests and and I want out of the listeners. Right. I want them to think of an idea that they haven't heard of and say, that's an interesting idea. Let's consider that. How is this important for my life? Mm. Right. For David Weiss, who's a big proponent of flat earth theory, uh, my my thinking wasn't why does this man think this? Because he's got plenty of blurry pictures to prove why he does. <laughs> but it, it was mostly why is this a growing momentum? What's right. it mean? What's the implications? Right. And, and, and what's the outcome, right? And I and I got to that in just the last 30 minutes of that podcast. Right. And as you know, for most of my podcasts, typically they're 30 minutes or less. But for him, yeah. I gave him an hour and a half. I that, gave him a stage for a whole hour. I was, was going to ask you about that because I was like, wait, wait, am I, did I listen to this? Tw- like what? Wait, this is longer than the other ones. So, you know, if I could edit it out, I'd kind of like fast forward through the first hour and then say, listen to the last 30 minutes because we get to the juicy stuff, which mm. is what a lot of people don't know about flat earthers. Right. right? Uh, and, and, yeah. it, and it's not just about the shape of the earth. Right. It's more than that. It's deeper than that. And it's, it's, it's more about a way of life and how they think that they're being influenced negatively. Right. So when you get down to it, as you heard in the show, we kind of agreed on a lot of things. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think sometimes um, podcasts, maybe, pro- you know, like broadcast media kind of gets um, gets it wrong, right? Because a lot of times we we tend to, especially these days, I think, we tend to um, invite people on our show that think like us or who have the same opinions as us, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that because you're reporting. That's what you're reporting. That's what you're reporting. But I think, you know, I think one of the the challenges that I think a lot of people have is being able to also hear another, another idea, another type or formulation of things, Um, not necessarily to change your mind, but I think it's like you said. I think it's important to understand, you know, what like if there's something mis misunderstood about a certain group or a certain person, um, not because of what they think, but because of no one's listening to anything they are saying anyway. Right. I you know what I don't like is when people make judgments about people because they believe one thing right. different. Right. If there's if I'm a collection of a hundred beliefs. We're going to disagree on one to 20 of them, right. but I bet you on 80 of them, we're going to agree, right? It's the good old fashioned Pareto principle. Mm. 80% of the time, I'm going to agree with you, right? We both probably love our mom. We both probably love French fries. We both probably love going on boat rides. You know, uh, there's all these things that we all love, right? right? There's going to be things we disagree on too. Right. And so the thing is that people have more in common than they don't have in common. So right. if we're only looking for the things that we can fight about, we're going to find those things. Right. It's kind of the confirmation bias, right? So if you're only picking guests on that you agree with and you know you're going to have a nice kumbaya type podcast, then yeah. great. Me, I'm trying to find that guy that I can butt heads with, learn something about, and understand why they think differently than me right? and appreciate their point of view because it's typically made up from their perspective and their background and their experiences that are different than mine. Right. And, and you know, where I, where I think people are finding this happen is on their Facebook feed where like, and I've, I found it like where, you know, as things were going on over the last few years, people on my Facebook feed started 
having opinions that I was like, whoa, I didn't know you thought like that. Whoa, I didn't know you supported that dude. Well, you know, and so the Facebook algorithms are, are must be super confused on mine because I <laughs> like and follow people of the most varied <laughs> variety. So when those MAGA things come through and I typically don't, you know, I'm not going to click the like button or comment on right, it, right. but I want to see them come through because I want to see what's being spread out there. Right. right. So now that I've got a flat earther in my podcast, I'm getting flat earth stuff that comes through. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's the same same thing. I mean, your phone's listening to you. So right. as we're having these conversations, we're going to see these things pop up into our flat, our feed too. Right. If yeah. I start talking about buying a bunk bed, next thing I know, I'm going to have bunk bed ads on my Facebook feed. Yeah. It's just what happens. It's a little creepy. I, I, it's, it's, it actually happened to me last week on television. This is how crazy it was. I was on my, so I have Roku television. I was watching Hulu and I was talking, I was talking to somebody about how much I love sci sci-fi um, uh, movies and, and, and content and it was like seconds later th this ad that mind you I've asked other people no one else has seen this ad except for me it was an ad by St. Saint, uh, Saint Jude's Hospital um, they are basically teaming up with this agency to launch people into space very cool <laughs> and I was just like alright that's interesting never seen anything like that before and i wonder if they were listening to me probably yeah you know i mean it's the day and age what can you do right well so it's some it's some multi-billionaire uh that did point of sales uh software and he's paying x hundreds of millions of dollars to elon musk mm -hmm. to for him and three friends to go travel around the uh orbit uh, of the the planet for like 22 times and it's all to raise money for cancer for St. Jude. That's a good so idea. It was great promotional. I, I've heard of it. I mean, I thought it was pretty compelling. Um, it's but, a good idea. You, know, you ask a flat earther, it's fake. But for the rest <laughs> of us, he's actually going to go, go into space, which just proves proves that with the right amount of money, you can do anything you want. I mean, I know it's on my bucket list. I don't know if you have that, that goal, but I think that within the next 20, 30 years, it should get affordable enough to go to at least do a couple of orbits around the planet, experience a little zero G, see our little blue dot in space and, hmm. and, just get a feel for it just just to do it right i mean there's not uh, many things you can put on your bucket list that are hard to achieve but that's a good one there is i mean if someone came to me tomorrow and said dan we need you to go to space for like six days i'd be like i am in man let me get in. my sneakers hold on yeah how about the eight months to mars now see that i have to i'd have to have more information because you, you draw the line potentially somewhere right well the thing about it is, is that if you go to Mars, that's a that's a longer trip, and I mean, if that's you just know, one way. That doesn't include the time there and the time back. Exactly, assuming you ever get to come back. Exactly, that's my point. Like, so if you're going, you better understand that there's a real strong possibility, unless it's one it's, way. That might be one way. So, <laughs> you know, so I. I I'm I'm gonna have to hold off on that one. Maybe the moon. I'd go to the moon. How about that? I would go to the moon all day long. Yeah, because yeah. that's like an eight-hour flight. That's basically like from here to like Central America. Like, yeah, that, we can do that. Yeah. yeah, if you've if you've traveled to East Asia or 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 Australia before, you can do moon e easily. Oh, all day. Yeah, I mean that's also on my bucket list. I think they should totally have moon tourism. Let me play dodgeball at one seventh the gravity. Let me, you know, do a golf ball at one seventh the gravity. I'll oh do a little God. couple backflips, like I'm on a trampoline or something. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what's possible, but 
Oh, how cool would that be? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why haven't they opened it up? I and mean, we hear all the companies starting to do uh, mining, right? Mm. Well, right? They're, they're starting to figure out how to get out to those asteroids and pull out the plutonium yep. and the diamonds and the gold, send it back to Earth. Because uh, that's well, because well, we're flat. Dollars. Dude, we're flat. We might fall off. Um, <laughs> How are they going to get it here? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so yeah. So you're right. So I do. I do like to have people on that have different views, and I'm non-combative. I, I try to be much more diplomatic than that. Mm -hmm. and just understand and let them share. Because you know, you know, what good is talking to someone that's yelling at you saying you're an idiot? That right. doesn't work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and again, there there's there's um. You know, I think podcasting is becoming a very powerful medium, and I think we can do some things that other mediums can't do um, anymore, which is we can kind of go where we can talk about things and we can go places and we can talk to people that, um, that the broadcast news media probably can't get away with right anymore because of politically incorrect or correctness as it will we're kind of like the 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 early the early days of of news broadcasts where you know we you could take risks on 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 the air with the content you did versus now where everything is so pc it just you know it's very i i feel i kind of feel bad for the news guys because their jobs of their jobs are like stand-up comedians just gotten harder man well, it's like freedom of speech, you know, and freedom, it should be like our, our, one of our priorities. But the fact is that everyone's censored, right? Right. Everyone's censored and they don't want to admit to it. Right. I've had guests or potential guests say, oh, I can't talk about those topics. I don't want someone to know that I think this or that. I'm like, why not? Why? Like, you know, like your belief on veganism shouldn't dictate who mm. works with you or doesn't work with you. You know, I get that it could, but at the same point, like, you shouldn't have to be veiled in this vanilla cloak of how boring you are right. because I know you have opinions and be, you know, be proud of what, what you've thoughtfully decided to choose on right. Right. and don't let anyone else bother you about that. Right. Well, I mean, I wish that was the, you know, I, I too, I, I believe that's the truth, I think, but social media has changed things in such a way now. It's just like, it's crazy. People are like, you know, getting fired from their jobs for having a tweet, you know. Are you talking about the Mandalorian woman? Yeah. <laughs> well, her, she, you know, I, I can't, she got what she, she got. And, but there are people who have gotten, gotten, you know, who have said less and gotten, you know, gotten punished for less things. Like 12, 13 years ago, having a tweet. I'm like, I don't know if 12, 13 years ago, anyone even knew how to use Twitter, really, to be honest. You know? Right. So yeah, you had to dig deep. You're basically just literally digging for dirt at yeah. that point. At that point, you just, you're looking for, for trouble. And right. I, I think that's just, that's not right. That's just like, I mean, I'm, I understand that it's, it, it's an insensitive thing or something that they may say is wrong. But I think if you're digging for dirt, there's nobody. Not even the Pope could withstand the scrutiny of social media. And, no chance. Uh, I yeah. mean, there's no chance the Pope could anyways because he supports an organization that uh, hides pedophiles. But right. that's my view. Right. So there you go. Um, so 
you so what when did you decide like what was the motivating uh moment for you in trying to launch your podcast because i feel like there's i get this i have this conversation with a lot of different young uh new podcasters like what like what made them decide to launch a podcast and you know what was their initial um processes and trying to get it up and running yeah so i've had some experience with this um, i've done a fair amount of public speaking either as uh, in conferences and seminars and professional settings so i'm comfortable mm. talking and not stuttering too much uh, a few years ago a friend of mine that's uh, an executive asked me to join him on a, a radio show on am radio mm -hmm. he said hey you know, i'd love to have you as a co-host we have good banter i think you'd be great to be out there and interviewed his guests. And, and we, we did, we did it for about a year uh, until his company got bought out for a huge amount of money and he had to move. Mm. Um, but our conversations were very business oriented, kind of self-serving towards the guests um, and self-promotion. And it was fine. It was a good experience, but I didn't like not being able to Put out the juicy stuff. Let's talk about things that people don't talk about. And that's why I wanted my show to be a little bit different, right? Mm. It's not like I have my show and say, let's talk about current events or let's talk about fashion or let's talk about the newest gizmo that just got released by whatever tech company. Right. Uh, I want it to be varied. I want it to be current. I want it to be relevant on different ideas, topics that are important for people. And I want it to be opinionated. Mm. And, um, and so, you know, I, I, when I was researching podcasts and the importance of it, I'm not trying to sell a coaching package. I'm not saying come to my seminar, or, come see my live show, or I'm touring or anything like that. It's literally just to create awareness. Um, it's not to generate business. It's to say, hey, I like listening in. I like learning something new. I like hearing about something I didn't consider before. Mm -hmm. And I want this to be that venue, right? Less than 30 minutes ideally is on my show. Hopefully that's your commute to work or less. Hmm. So it's digestible. You can get there and say, oh, I didn't really think about considering people in five dimensions, or I never thought about time travel in that sense, or I didn't think about that angle about aliens or, or GMO foods or nuclear war or war profiteering or whatever crazy topic that I'm talking, talking about. Hmm. I, I want you to be able to learn one tidbit of something new because I do a little bit of research beforehand, but ideally the guest that I have on knows what they're talking about as well right? and can share a different angle that you didn't think about before. Mm -hmm. uh, right, and that's, that's the truth because a lot of times you listen to shows and I'll listen to podcasts all the time. I, I love when they do like the true crime ones, right? Where the investigator mm -hmm. searches a missing person's case from 10 years ago and yep. recreates the case and yep. re-interviews. That's kind of fun, you know, and it's kind of good escapism, but I don't really learn anything about things you know except right. for how they try to play people or if that phone that pay phone still existed in the best buy from 1994 <laughs> or whatever it was you know so it's like <laughs> so you know they kind of tell into the details it's kind of fun it's like did they get the evidence or don't and, go down and, don't go down that uh go stay in that hotel you know um. yeah it's, exactly <laughs> so it's, it's fun but you know it's kind of like fiction versus hmm. um my show i want it to be based in reality, right. but on the edge of what's possible or probable or, or just something new to consider that you didn't know. Did you know that maybe they could freeze your brain and bring you back to life sometime in the future? Mm. Did you know that AI could take over the planet and all the ways that they could do that? Yeah, that's scary. <laughs> right? So all those kind of things that people don't think about and don't want to consider thinking about. But, mm. you know, we're saying talking constantly about hackers taking over. And it's like, how do you know hackers are always people? At a certain point, 
the hackers just might be AI just hacking because they can and saying it's people, right? That's what I would do if I was a smart robot. Man, come on, man. He's trying to freak me out. <laughs> Terminator's I'm not coming. Ideas that they haven't already thought of. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I, I think, you know, unless you have conversations about these things, like you never know, like, what's going on like the world is well regardless of whether the world is flat or round the world is big and you know outside of your little world there are so many things going on and if you're not paying attention could you know could be trouble i mean i i, I tell people Stay informed, man. Stay up to date on like some of the conversations that are, even if it's something you think you have no interest in, you never know. Like I honestly, you know, I don't know everything, but I, I'm interested in all kinds of like, that's probably why I like sci science fiction movies and stuff so much because. Because you might learn something. You may learn something. I learned something on TikTok today, which was kind of freaky. Um, don't tell me how to do a shuffle. No, <laughs> no, no. I so there was a there was a TikToker on there who was talking about the TV show MacGyver, and okay. everyone's favorite. That's over thirty five years old. Yeah, I love MacGyver, and so the the episode, the new episodes, I guess on CBS, which I have not watched yet, and I guess on the show he makes he's trying to evade these security cameras. I guess so he takes and he takes like a remote control apart and takes the lcd light out of it and puts all and basically he creates these sunglasses that when he puts them on when you put them on if you walk in front of the camera it blurs your face out with the it's basically like a bright light you can't see your face so the okay. so this tiktoker made the glasses based on the show and it wow. actually worked and I was just wow. like, not that I am thinking that I need to evade anything, but that's pretty good. I need to keep an. I, I mean, it seems a little overkill when everyone's got sunglasses and coronavirus masks on. At that point, no one can tell yeah. anyone anyways. Well, I tell you what, criminals aren't that. Well, that's true. You know, I was thinking like criminals aren't that smart, but if they're smart enough to meet these glasses, then they're smart enough to put on some glasses and a mask. So. <laughs> exactly. You know what I was thinking, you know, in terms of like, awareness and, and sharing. And I was thinking about this last night. I wish that every time you bought something, especially online, mm -hmm. the first line of the description mm -hmm. was where the thing was made. Interesting. I, I, just so I know, you know, and I support free trade. I'm okay with it. But I think that I would pay slightly more to pay to buy a product from a country that I have a more favorable opinion of right. than a country that I don't. Interesting. Right? And that should be the first line of the product that you're buying. When you're buying widget number one, just tell me that it was made in Mexico or China or right. Bangladesh or wherever it right. is. I just want to know. Cause then if I could choose, mm. Hey, there's a, here's a product that was made in Arizona. Well, maybe I'll pay 20% more for that. Mm. Right. And that, that's, that'd be an interesting disclosure. And I thought like, you know, everyone's buying everything on Amazon, but how much of the stuff that's on Amazon was actually made in the Amazon? Oh, right. Why don't we just call it made in China.com? because <laughs> <laughs> it's like i I hate it I'll, I'll show up i'm like why is this thing made in china and how did they get it here today yeah, when i ordered yeah. it this morning i mean i get it it's in a warehouse or something but still I, I, 
I'm still like, it still bothers me because I know that that's something that I would I would pay a premium for. Yeah. From. I don't understand. I don't know where they make things at, but you know, like wherever they make things, like if I could choose non-China sometimes, hmm. that'd be nice just to give other countries a chance. I think, I think it's a brilliant idea. I think that Nike and Adidas and Banana Republic would be hard pressed to want to do that because you know, most of their clothes are not made here in the U S and I think yeah, it's made in Malaysia or right. other places like that. But I mean, Jordan, like nice Nikes now are over $200. Yeah. Right. At that point, could I spend another 50 to tell me that it was made in South Dakota? Yeah, probably. If that meant that it got an person, American person that's yeah. Yeah. Employed, employed somehow uh, and they're making better than minimum wage, I'd be okay with that um, mm. to an extent. If you're already paying a premium, you might as well know and say, hey, I'll pay plus this to know that it was made someplace that I prefer. Hmm. Or some place where they violate human rights or don't care about them or are you know uh, well, murdering Muslims or something like that like no one needs that and and you could i mean and then i guess at that point you would be able to filter when you're going to search for things on amazon like hmm i want to buy you know you know a new coat but i i only want to buy my new coat from you know the us or from canada north america north, yeah for sure north yeah. America. And that would be yeah, because I'm concerned about shipping, right? I mean, I don't want the you know the side effects of pollution from shipping. So let me get something that's hmm. close by. You know, I, I, I think you should figure out some way of giving people like a browser, like a browser oh, an extension. extension. That's a bad idea. A little extension that says that tells it discloses, mm -hmm. right? Because that I like that because I do use like a, 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 an app extension called WikiBuy. So when I'm buying something, uh, like oh. You could buy the same thing for twenty dollars cheaper on Walmart.com. I'm like, yeah, I guess I'll just go to Walmart.com and buy right, it because right. I'd like to save twenty bucks. Yeah, I, hey, I, I always like. I was saying yesterday, I don't remember the last time I actually physically went into a store to kind of browse for like an electronic piece because just the the prices have been never been competitive to online. I think maybe once in the last five years. Have I ever looked at Best Buy and the price was lower than I was going to get online? I think once. Yeah. And you know. yeah, they, they try their best to be competitive. Uh, you know, you, you have to benefit them a little bit on the service. But you're right. You know, I was I was looking for like one of those new earbuds. Like I wasn't going to try to do like the pods right. by uh, Apple. Right. But there's so many other brands that have them now. And so, uh, you, you know, you do your reviews online. You figure out your favorite review website. They've got detailed reviews. Right. Now, the only thing with those is like maybe my ear is slightly oddly shaped and maybe it doesn't fit exactly. So that's right. the hard thing. Like, do I have to spend a hundred bucks to buy something, stick it in my ear, find out it's not right, yeah. and then send it back with like little dots of earwax on it? And that's kind of gross. <laughs> so, like, I wish there was a better way to do that. Like, send me like a mold for like 30 cents <laughs> of the thing without the electronics. Let me just see if it fits in my ear hole and then we'll go from there. Yeah, there is a bit of a risk you take when you like, you know, obviously some of the things aren't perfect and um, or or um, they may be missing some things like missing the instruction manuals or, you know, I guess, you know, you just have to measure out your level of risk you're willing to take. Right. Versus right. the dollars that you can, you know, if, if you don't care so much, then, eh, you know. I don't really, I've 
to be honest, I haven't had too many bad experiences um, doing doing what I've done online. So, same. That's the thing. They make it really compelling for you to buy online because it's like satisfaction guaranteed, free returns. You're missing a part, no problem. We'll send you the whole thing again. Mm. And the second, and then now you get this extra. Like I've had that happen where I buy like small piece of furniture and they're like, I missed something or this piece is a little warped. Like no problem, we'll send you a whole another one. I'm like, what do I do with the old one that's 99% fine? I was just missing that one piece. Just keep it, throw it out, whatever. Yeah, you just want. toss it. It's just so it's it, you know it feels bad when you're trying to be mindful of not being wasteful to just yeah. throw away an entire product because 1% of it is, is, is bad. Yeah, it, it, it happens. And, um, you know, <laughs> that's the cost of living, I guess, cost you know, you living. figure out a way to, to donate it or recycle it or something. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of these buy nothing programs have popped up all over. I'm mm. sure that's in New York as well, where if you've got extra stuff, you can kind of do a buy nothing within your neighborhood and someone will be happy to take it for you. And hopefully they can use it and give it a second life. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they. That's a good question. I don't know if I don't remember seeing anything like that, but they probably it's do. On Facebook, at least, you know, you can you can get like a Facebook lo super local buy nothing program hmm. where it kind of covers the immediate one or two miles uh, of your neighborhood. So you could post it, you could pick someone, and they get your leftover end table or something. That's cool. Like that. That's a good idea. This is great. It's definitely great for. Um, for New York, since like when we move, we always have excess furniture because, you know, we're always having to move in like small apartments. All over. <laughs> yeah, you just had to move from your 300 square foot apartment to a 220 square foot apartment. Yeah, yeah pretty much. And, you know, it's <laughs> terrible. Um, so the podcast is not the only thing you're doing, right? You you're actually in real estate as well, correct? Yeah, I'm a real estate broker. Uh, I buy and sell houses. The market is super hot. It's nuts. Um, we literally just put in an offer for $105,000 over list price. What's over list mean? Uh, the list price uh, was the price that the seller said, hey, uh, I want $749,000 uh, for this house. Okay. We put in an offer for $855,000. Okay. And it still not might be the highest offer, which is kind of like, you know, what you'd hear about happening in like the Bay Area or in Seattle. This is kind of new for San Diego where I'm from. So fingers crossed, my buyer gets it. He's my business partner who uh, I also own a construction company here. So we're doing residential construction, building extra units because there is a housing shortage. So oh, building cool. extra units is a hot topic that we're, we're talking about a lot. Um, and that's something that we're focusing on to build those extra units because it's helpful for the community and mm. it's a good business model as well. How did you get into, into real estate and construction? Uh, I've been in this line of work for a long time. I, you know, just randomly out of college, uh, I graduated from Michigan in 2002. Uh, I got into the subprime mortgage world. That's who recruited and, and hired me out of college. So I learned about mortgages that way and then kind of slowly transferred over to real estate throughout the years. Mm. And um, I had someone say this, really nicely the other day is like i like the first word of real estate it's real it's like something you can go see <laughs> you can go visit i got a key to it you know it's my yard um so yeah so i, I like real estate it's, it's something tangible mm. uh, it's something people want you know i'm not selling crypto or financial securities or other kind of ambiguous things that you can only see in your website right uh, I, I like selling something that's real do you <clears throat> do you do you think that um real estate is a good place for investment now for people i mean so the reason why i'm asking is because like i've had conversations with a bunch of people um as it pertains to all these different um stimulus packages that people are getting and 
And so people are like, so if like, where can I take and, you know, put this, you know, thousand dollars, should I do it? Should I, you know, I'm like, you should invest it in something. You should try to maximize it. Now what that is, I can't tell you cause I'm not an expert, but I'm like, um, you know, it's always kind of been told to me that real estate is a good place. Um, and I'm wondering, given like the recent shifts around the, in, in real estate, do you think that's a place that people are going to want to start looking at now or? At the minimum, you should try to own your own house. Yep. At the minimum. Um, if you can do more than that, ideally, after you buy your own house, if you're ready to buy a new house, if it's possible for you to keep your existing house, mm. that's a great way to continue to own more passive income, right? It does take a lot of work and people get burned a lot trying to buy an affordable enough investment property right. that they can cash flow, that has good renters, that isn't going to have that roof issue or that furnace issue or that water issue or the dog tore up the place issue. And that's a pain in the butt. Right. Um, but if if you can do it kind of naturally throughout the years and say, you know, an average person may own five or six houses throughout their life as they buy and sell and grow and things like that. If you could have kept four or five of those houses, hmm. that might create enough passive income for you to pay through your retirement. Right. Right. So it's tough to say, is it a good idea or a bad idea? I always tell my clients, look, if you think you're trying to buy real estate to instantly sell it for more money in six months or a year or two years, that's a bad idea, yeah. right? I can't guarantee what's going to happen to the market. But if you think you're going to own this house for at least three or five years or longer, it's a fairly safe bet mm. that in the long run, owning real estate is going to be a safe investment for you. Yeah, I always thought, I mean, <clears throat> it's kind of, I mean, who doesn't need a place to live? Who, who that you know that's it's just that simple right and what if the market's not great now it will it, it's not one of those in, industries where they go through like sustained you know down times for long and then eventually you will get a bounce back so if you're not like you say if you're not looking at it trying to do like these little short-term flips and whatever else if you just if you're just looking at a house as a place to live and an investment in your future. That's a win-win. That's, that's winner, winner, chicken dinner right there for you. So correct. Yeah. That's the right way to think about it. Like, you know, there's, it's hard because everyone's favorite show and channels are HGTV and flipping shows. Right. And it doesn't paint the right picture. Right. Cause I do that. I've, I've flipped probably close to a hundred houses and I do that successfully, but I'm a professional. I spent all day doing this. Right. Right. Sort of 30 minutes here or there for a podcast. I'm spending all day buying and selling houses. And so I've gotten good at it. And I didn't just start one day after watching HGTV. Right. I learned with mentors. I had partners that I worked with that took on the, the risk of understanding what I was getting into because it can be hairy. You know, when you're buying a cheap house in San Diego, it's $400,000 for a cheap house. So right. that's, a, that's an expensive mistake to make if I'm doing it the wrong way. Right. Uh, but, you know, with the right advisors and the right people, yeah, it's a nice, safe place to do it. And if it, if you can house your own family, then perfect. And now the big investment opportunity here is that you can own a small house. And for less than the cost of buying another property, you can build an extra unit on your property. Mm. Now you can rent it out, right? My parents live here and we're doing that on their house. They own a small house. It's only a thousand square feet. It's plenty big for the two of them. And uh, they have enough space on their property to build extra units. And because of the housing shortage that we have pretty much everywhere, but especially in SoCal, the government is allowing us to build an additional two extra units on their property to wow. rent out. Nice. And 
the cost to build it is much lower than the cost is to buy another property nearby. Right. right. In terms of price per square foot. And then the amount of rental income that that could bring in will comfortably help their retirement for the next several years, right? Or for, for indefinite future, as long as people still want to live in San Diego. Right. They're going to have a nice rental income that's going to supplement their retirement quite a bit. That's a good Make idea. A little bit more comfortable. So you know, so doing things like that and, and and talking about that with your financial people, your realtor, your mortgage person, whoever it is, um, that's a nice way to do it because rents keep going up, right. and like you said, people need places to live. Yeah, I. It's funny. I have a friend who's also in real estate, and I think every day on Facebook she posts at least once or twice, and just and all she says is. What she's like, if you're still renting in the, if you're still renting, you are, you are putting your money in the wrong place. Like, and then she puts a picture of a house that like, this is what you could have had, you know? And it's true. Like, so my sister lives in Atlanta and I remember when she moved from Jersey like years ago to Atlanta, um, her, when she moved down there, like when she lived in, in Jersey, her apartment was. It was it was a nice size, not huge, but it was a nice size for this area. And um, when she moved back, when she moved down to Georgia, um, she sent me a picture of the new place that she was living. It was this big house, had a pool. She's like, oh yeah, they got tennis courts. They got she, and and she, I was like, she's like, my mortgage is six hundred dollars less than I was paying in rent. Wow. I'm like, are you what? She's like, yeah, she's like, she's in the place that they're in now, like years later, they have like this massive townhouse place that's down there. And same thing. She's like, the rent that I'd be paying in New York wouldn't have got me this, wouldn't, wouldn't you come close to, um, you know, what we're paying here is mortgage. She's like, you, it's, it might seem a little daunting, but it, pay it, it definitely is worth you investing in your future by buying you know going and trying to find a house that you can afford at least find out at least find out talk to one of your mortgage people and say hey do i qualify for a mortgage and if so how much and if i don't what do i need to do right right, right. talk to a guy earlier he grew up in a family where taking on debt and having credit cards was a no-no right so now he's in his mid-20s makes income and found out he has zero credit his credit score is no credit score oh right and it's not because he's got bad credit. He just had never, ever taken out credit. Which is, so we can fix that. Wow. But now it's one of those things like, it's a good thing you found out. Now let's spend a few months building credit right. so you can prove to a mortgage company that you can pay your bills. Right. Wow. That's a, that's a, that's a, I don't, that's a, that's a crazy. That's a unique story. You don't hear that too often, but it yeah. happens. It happens a lot. Especially, say, for example, you're new to the country, right? Oh, true. Right. Right. In, in this, in his case, he wasn't. He was just from a family that was very cash is king type family, and yeah. uh, you know was frugal with their money, which is good. You know, it's good to save and not take on debt, but it's also good to prove that you're a responsible borrower right. by taking on some debt, and paying it back. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's true. Like it's so. I think people's uh, attitudes toward money has changed so much over the last, you know, fifteen twenty years. Um, like, you know, there the. There was a time when everyone, you, you always had cash on you. It was cash. Everyone was like, cash, 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 cash. And and now it's it's all about, you know, these these electronic transactions and 
for sure. Digital. My wife was joking. It's like, oh, someone asked me if I could send you money on the Venmo. And I'm like, you can just Venmo it. You don't have to send it on the Venmo. <laughs> it's always fun. You can always age someone when they put an article in front of something that's now a verb for us, right? Yeah, if you put the in front of anything that's not supposed to be the, we know we how know you old. are. We know you're old. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I pay, I think I do all of my rent on Venmo I, up like since for the last maybe like six years, five, six years, which is still a little weird for me. Cause I'm so used to like writing a check or, um, yeah. it's, there's like other checks and balances. When you write a check, you're like, you have to write it out. You yeah. have to spell it out. And you got to write it in cursive. It's like, a, it's like going through like a pop quiz. Like, do you remember how to write cursive? Cause if you can't connect an R <laughs> to another R, you're going to have an issue and someone's going to flag this check and not right. cash it. And then you got to sign it. And they're going to verify all that. And then if you can't see the watermark, right. it's not good. And then even if you do like a bank transfer, it's like, are you sure? Right. Are you double sure? But with Venmo, it's like you click the buttons, like money sent. I'm like, yeah, that was way too easy. That, that was way too money. easy, man. It's like, where's the checks and balances? I don't know who I sent this to. There's there's 18 Carlos Santanas in my phone. I don't know which one it is that I just sent it to. I Yeah, every time I send it to, um, I, I send my payment, I always call or, or email after and say, did you get it? Because I'm always paranoid. I'm going to send it to the wrong ID. You yep, know? Someone in Nigeria is saying, thanks, Darren. Thanks for that money. I just need to Thank you. The prince thanks you. You will be rewarded in heaven. Yeah. Mm. Um, so what's, what's coming up next for you? What's like, uh, what's on the horizon for you, your podcast? Um, yeah, you know, we're, we're still talking interesting people. I, I would love to get on more interesting ideas. I've got a guy that's a, a VC, a venture capitalist that does a lot of work in the GMO, genetically modified, uh, you know, organisms, genetically oh. modified uh, foods. So, you know, just trying to figure out the future of farming and how that looks, right? Because that's a big challenge for mm -hmm. the world. Mm -hmm. So I like to have these kind of conversations I, you know, I'll, I'll admit I'm a, I'm a, a, a geek and I don't try to hide it. I read National Geographic cover to cover. So if it's about climate change, it's about food scarcity, if it's about migrations, yep. if it's about rebels and, um, you know, genocides. And I want to learn it all and find out why it's happening and figure out what it is and how we can fix these things. Mm. At least talk about the ideas because they're hairy, they're, they're scary. And things like GMO, you know, people are like never, never GMO, you know, mm. France and Europe says don't, don't eat GMO food, but is it really that bad? I mean, we've been kind of mm. subtly, subtly modifying our foods over since the beginning of yeah. farming 10,000 plus years ago. Now we're just using computers and science to do it a little bit faster. Is it really that bad? I, I'm not sure, you know, I'm not an expert at this, right. but there's people that are betting their, their livelihoods and businesses on it. So that's, you know, that's something that's, that's important um, mm. to talk about. And I think it's, it's important to talk about because people don't realize, right? Most of the stuff we eat is probably GMO, right? Yeah. Just because unless you're growing it literally in your backyard, you don't even know where those seeds came from. Right. How do you know those seeds aren't GMO'd already? Yeah, exactly. It's Right. So that's that's something that we're talking about coming up. Mm. Um, other than that, man, just living, you know, just trying to figure out the real estate world, just, uh, you know, trying to keep building things. Um, I love living in San Diego, but would lo love to get to a post-pandemic world where I can take my kids places because I feel like it's been a year and a half of shelter in place. And the furthest place we can go is about an hour away um, before people are freaking out. So I'm looking forward to not wearing a mask, yeah, and shaking hands and being in crowded places 
and spreading germs on everyone without worrying about <laughs> dying. This, I'm, I don't know how long, when that's going to be, man. I, I was um, watching um, last night, last, um, last night tonight and um, with John Oliver and, you know, if you get a chance, I definitely highly. If you enjoy reading, I watch. I watch them periodically, not like not religiously, but periodically. Good episode, basically. Um, and and what just, was he talking about? Uh, a lot of the second half, he was talking basically about the next pandemic. Basically, you know, because the real fear about it is that um, we'll get through this. Because, you know, as human beings, we've we have this history of things happening to us, us solving them and then going on and pretending it never happened um, and not really learning from that. Not being prepared next time around. Yeah. And so there's a there's a growing expectation that there's like COVID. COVID was nothing compared to some of the organisms in biological dangers that we are potentially going to come at in the next hundred years. And we need to be, we need to start dealing with the things that are causing us to get closer to that now, you know, which is animal mixing, these wet markets that they have, which is kind of where they think COVID came from. And well, did he talk about how some countries are better prepared and they do learn from it. And then this time around places like Singapore and South Korea managed it a lot better than most places that were ill prepared for it or decided, yeah, that's in the past. We don't have the budget yeah. to prepare for another pandemic. Right. It's so so did, weird. did you mention that at all? He did not, but I think his okay. conversation was really pointed at the U S and the UK. For and, sure. And it's um, short sighted. It doesn't make money, right? It, if it doesn't make money, in the United States, it doesn't make sense. That's right. the root of capitalism. So if you're saying spend X billions of dollars to prepare for a potential never coming pandemic, no thanks. Let's buy some more missiles. Those are useful at least. Yeah. Um, I, it, it definitely made me go, you know, we are we are just, we're nuts. We're just nuts, man. We're just, we, we, we don't learn from our, our, our failures and, or anyone else's failures for that matter. I would disagree. I would say we are willfully ignorant of it mm. because of our short-term profit and greed motives. Mm. And we don't have people that are incented to plan for the long-term planning of our society, our civilization, our right. planet. Right. Instead, they're incented to figure out how to get reelected in two years and how to spend the money and get the jobs and get campaign finance. And right. that's it. Yeah, that's the problem, right? Short-sighted, no hey, very much. We're gonna have a potential pandemic in five or ten years. Let's plan for that. No thanks. And, you know, and I know if I spend an extra hundred billion dollars on tanks, there's gonna be another five thousand jobs in my state. So I'm gonna do that instead. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe that when Obama was in the office, he actually there was actually a commission that was um, put together, and they actually predicted that this was going to happen. And then when Trump came into office, he disbanded the CDC panel that was enacted to basically be in charge of warning us when these things were going to occur. 
Are you sure building a wall in Mexico is, isn't a better idea, Darren? No, I think it is. I think it's definitely <laughs> either a wall or really big picket fence. <laughs> <laughs> Let's build the wall. Who cares about pandemics? That's a maybe, who knows? It's a, you know, even though it happens every five or 10 years, let's just build that wall. It's just crazy, man. I, I, it, yeah, that's why it's probably, you know, no pressure, but for you to have conversations about these interesting topics, I think it's kind of important in a lot of ways because it keeps people mindful of these things. Please. That's a huge word. Mindfulness is an important word, right? Mindfulness is an awareness. Just be aware. Right. Right. Hey, we had an opportunity. We're getting through a pandemic. What can we do to prevent that next time around? I mean, I, I'll tell you straight up. Like I was having this conversation with somebody on my, one of my other podcasts. You know, I it made me think about what what do I need personally to do to make sure I'm prepared in case of certain emergencies in my life. And I never we'd never come through something like this before. And I was just like, I, I don't know, like the first thing about where I would go in an emergency, what kind of things I should have in case of an emergency, um, what things I should know, what would, what would make it easier for me to survive um, a, an emergency where I had to leave my house. And so, so yeah. I'll give you a short list because I've done this preparation. Oh, I'm not a super prepper, but at the minimum, they say 30 days of food and water. Right. 30 days. Because if something horrible happens and, and then the government and or the regional authorities can't figure it out within 30 days, it's slim pickings for us. Unless you're a survivalist that can just live in the woods, right? And you, you better be able to figure out how to live without gas, water, electricity at your house. Yep. Uh, and 30 days of food and water will at least keep you alive. Yep. Yeah. That's that's why I was like, yeah, I got to I got to bone up on my survival skill. I can't be just sitting there watching The Walking Dead thinking... Oh, that's them. It's never going to happen to me because you never know. I don't. I'm not. So you're telling me you don't have any bats with nails sticking through them, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do have two samurai swords, just in case. Okay, so you know which one you are. You got the one. You're the one with the slave, the slave uh, zombies. That's right. With the, the collars on. That's right. That's yeah. right. Got to got to use your use what you what you got. <laughs> yeah, sure. that's funny. Unless you could get that keyboard out, and it's kind of Pied Piper for zombies. Uh, oh yeah, well, there's that too. I could, you know, I could you Pied Piper them. Make people not want to kill me. Hey man, don't kill me. I play music. <laughs> uh, Soundtrack to get your brains eaten out too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> somewhere I'm off to the side playing music as people are dying. You know, oh, that's terrible. That's so terrible. Yeah, I mean, so it's tough because yeah, we 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 don't look to ourselves to be right. prepared. Right, the government's supposed to take care of us. Right, having a problem? Where's my government? I mean, and it's it's annoying because we should kind of wait, you know, shoulder some of that responsibility because I don't really trust the government for anything. They can't even keep our roads fairly in decent condition. Yeah, no. Yeah. We asked them like, keep your roads <laughs> decent. You can't do that. Okay, I just got another flat tire in a giant pothole. And, and, and you, you know, like me, you live in a city of millions of people, millions. Okay. There's no possible way that your local police department is going to be able to help you 
as you think they like they're just gonna roll up and escort you out the neighborhood or whatever. Mm-hmm. You gotta be you just you know it's just common sense. You have to do for yourself, and you should be ready for that. You know, so yeah. hopefully help some of your neighbors too if you can. Right, exactly. Uh, but yeah, no, yeah, they're, they're they're not sending out the cavalry because if if they're not even saving the senators from the rioters that are breaking down their building, if they're not even saving the senators. <laughs> They're not helping me and you. They're not helping us. And and we can go we can go through some deeper study on that, but you we both know what that means. So (laughs) they're not yeah, guess what? Trump's sitting on his hands, he's not calling the National Guard for you. No, no, no. Sir, this was this was a great conversation. I knew another great conversation, man. I you your um podcast is really fun to listen to. Cause I like I like how you handle people and not like how you talk to them. You're not talking at them. You're talking to them. You're listening to what they have to say. You're giving them the platform to be able to give whatever information out, and you're learning from what whatever it is they have to, to offer. I think that's a that's a special technique to be able to to pull off as a as a podcast host. So. Yeah, thank you so much. No, I enjoy having it and, and realizing that everyone's got something to say. And I never want to be disrespectful. People are going to have different ideas and opinions. I just want to know why it's important to them and why it's important to everyone else. Where can people find you and your podcasts um, so they can follow? Yeah, ideally you could type in, I've got a theory with my name, Hennish, and maybe that'd pop up. But otherwise, I'm on the PSTV network, which is pstv.xyz. But I am on, on all the, the major platforms, the, uh, the the podcast platforms, the Stitchers and SoundClouds and Apple Tunes and, and, and all those ones. So you should be able to type in, I've got a theory. Hopefully my mug fit shows up and I'll talk to you about something weird like aliens or something. I don't know. <laughs> I want to, I'm looking forward to hearing more and seeing what, what comes next. Um, you can follow them at the PSTVtoday.com. I've got a theory. Um, thanks for being on the podcast. This was this was fun. You're welcome to come back anytime. You should actually come on one of my other podcasts because it's, uh, it's a fun movie, music. We just sit and talk movies and music. It's it's hilarious. Oh, I'm with that. I can do that. Yeah. All right, cool. And I, and I, I was listening to your interview with uh, the the woman that started that company that does the watch movies and, and videos with your friends. Oh, Sonder, Sonder Blue. Yeah. Sonder. I was like, ah, oh, legit. My friend was just telling me how he wants to do a friend reaction by watching season two of The Mandalorian together. He's like, let's watch this and, and chat and comment on it. And I was like, hey, here's our platform. Let's go do it on this. Yeah, yeah. She's It's a great platform. And uh, I guess she 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 had that idea and said, let's do it. I'm like, it's cool. You know? So I'm actually having a conversation with her again tomorrow. So I'll let her know. Cool idea. We'll be using it. Oh, cool. I'll let her know. (laughs) Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me on. I had a lot of fun uh, talking about all kinds of things. Uh, And everyone keep following him. And until then, everyone um, check me out on uh, Instagram at dig this podcast. Or you can follow me, Darren Jenkins, 919. Until then, I'm Darren Jenkins. This was an episode of Drop the Mic. Thanks a lot, Hennish. Thank you.